0: stupid hearts club is yours to enjoy for free wherever you get your podcasts but if you've fallen deeply in love with the show or me even though that's a bit weird because we've never met then you might want to consider supporting the show via patreon.com forward slash stupid club for about five or a month you can indulge in your sick little fantasy that i am your very own little audio husband friend Without ever having to deal with the fact that in real life I leave socks and half drunk glasses of water everywhere. Either way, I'm very happy you're here, so please enjoy the show. One, two, three, three. To be together, Stupid Hearts Club forever. Let's look inside our minds. You never know what we might find. Welcome to the Stupid Hearts Club podcast. This episode was recorded while my podcast was still called GSOH. Don't be confused. You're in the right place. Episode 1. Matt Morgan. Part 1. Welcome to the very first ever GSOH. My first ever um, attempt to have my own podcast. Uh, it's me, Nico Tertarovic... I always say my name in a funny way, don't I? It should be Tatarowicz. um, A Polish waitress once corrected me, in fact, because I said my name in a sort of flat, shit, northern way. So she was, no, no, it's Tatarowicz. I was like, all right, love, I'm born in Rochdale. Anyway, so yeah, I'm excited to start this, and thank you to anyone who... um, Follows it, or uh, you know, well, how do you even describe that on Patreon? Decides to to bless me with your patronage. It's really exciting. I know most people will be initially, at least, be people who might have uh, decided they want to hear more from me. Being on Matt Morgan's patron, and um, I've had a, a very good time on there so far and you're all lovely. So I want to have a go at building my own little community. Um, Just share the lols with you. We can have things like um, child's game updates, eh? little in joke for the already initiated. Um, um, I'll probably also eventually be sharing video content on here when I make Comedy stuff with like my character Alan Crisp, <laughs> uh, but basically I'm going to ring a different mate every week and chat with someone who I think's funny, and hopefully be funny together. And you know that's about as heavy as the framing device needs to be. But uh, as you will see in this first conversation with Matthew, he is all over me like some sort of big brother slash producer. Trying to tell me what this should and shouldn't be, and he's probably obviously to an extent he knows what he's talking about, but to another extent, he's uh, very spe- has a very specific style himself, and I'm not going to be trying to copy that; otherwise, it'd just be stupid. But also, one of the main differences is going to be I won't be doing three-hour conversations. Be- um, my episodes are probably going to be under two hours. Probably more around the hour and a half mark. Not least because if you're following me and Matt, you are likely to be already having to find the lovely, relaxing time for Matthew's weekly podcast. and I just want mine to be something that you've actually got time for on top of that. Um, But obviously for the new people, I think um, an hour and a half, two hours is... Actually, pretty long in generally in podcast terms, but I found myself pleasantly surprised listening to Matt's ones. I really like, I really like sinking into something that's longer and that they, I can come back to over uh, over a couple of hits. I'm going to apologise. Actually, I know this is me being unprofessional, but maybe that's just me being wacky. Is there is a little bit of noise outside? I've got my front door open, and I cannot be asked shut the door. Um, hey, this is my life, kids. I live in uh, the the space in between a pub and its own pub garden. If you can imagine such a thing. In my Smurf house. So, yeah, uh, it obviously makes a lot of sense for Matt to be my first guest. So what I've actually done reviewing the conversation, which went on far later than I intended, because he just sucks me in. Every time I think I'm free, he just pulls me back in. Um... I've actually cut, cut it almost in half. So, what you'll get today is this bullshit, then a nice, about an hour and a half chat with Matt, which includes some epic bants, but also some quite serious uh, comedy chat when we get into the sort of uh, where did our influences come from and stuff. But then the interesting thing is, I think, because I want it to be short, I think what I'm going to do is release the second half of that conversation next week as episode 2 so that your first two episodes of GSOH are me and Matt and what's interesting I'll come back to, I'll come back to it at the end but basically there are there are some issues with the second half of that conversation which begin to seed themselves in this conversation because there's a certain amount of bickering between Nanny and Nanny and that I think gets even worse in the second half but I I'm kind of intrigued by it. So we'll come back to that. But for now, please enjoy the first um, phone call and pod chat with my good buddy, Matt Morgan. I'll be back after the conversation to check in. And we'll have a little bit more fun before the end. So here we go G S O H. Good sense of humour. Okay, so um, I'm about to ring Matt Morgan, who I'm going to have as my first, I'm going to have him as my episode one, because I wouldn't be doing this without him. I'm very grateful. But also, those of you who've listened to us together on Matt's podcast, and we've had uh, we've had a, a lovely time over a few episodes, and uh, people have been very nice about that, actually, Um All I want to say is, now that it's uh, my show that he's on, things are going to be different. And I'm going to be quite hard on him. I think that, I think we can all agree, certainly initially, my aim will be to wind him up and make him feel like I'm teaching him how this job should be done. Also, he's specifically told me and he's been a sweetheart doing this, that I should just be careful not to keep going into, like, a quasi Alan Partridge voice too often, which I think is a bit unfair because he does the same thing. So he's trying to look out for me, but he specifically told me not to do that, so I'm actually going to... I'm probably going to do that more, just to make him worry, because you know how he worries... They'll be texting me and leaving voice notes, going, "I mean it, mate. Oh, seriously, I just want you to. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you." <clears throat> so let's just all enjoy that. So I'm going to give him a ring. <phone rings> right. First of all, teething problems straight away. Um. One, Eric the cat now wants to go out. And he's probably going to make me have to get up off my seat. Secondly. Matt Morgan has just said, just making a copper. one minute before we're due on air. And now he's saying, six minutes after we're supposed to be on air, I'm now doing a speed poo. Which I'm taking to mean he's actually on whiz, meaning his little willy will have shrunk as well. So, he is going to be all over the bloody place. He also says the guest is always right, which... uh. Let's bear that one in mind next time I'm on his show. Anyway, I'm going to try again, calling Matt Morgan. Come on. Come on,
1: you cunt. That is no (laughs) way, no way to speak to a guest.
0: (laughs) Where have you been, you cunt?
1: Can you, just before we get into the hilarity, I've got, yes, AirPods in.
0: Are they working?
1: Sorry. Are they working all right? Can you hear me and everything's normal?
0: Yeah, same. Same question to you, sir. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, let me just check this level on this.
1: Nico has a breast. Nico has a breast. All right. Uh, let me just check it on these. Nico has a lady's thing. gland. Nico has a lady's gland. Okay.
0: We're good. Okay. It's quite sore, actually, at the moment. Ooh, God. Maybe you're starting your period.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, you see, I would—I was going to cut all this out, but it's fucking already probably the best bit. Yeah, keep that in. <laughs> right then, we're off. We're off. Right. So, well, thank you well, for let's doing pretend. This, Nico, and welcome. Yeah, whoa, 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 whoa. Sit in your guest chair and shut up. Oh, I like it. There you go. I've started with an Alan Partridge for you already. Yeah, you've got to stop doing that. Well, I've just decided that because you've said that, I'm going to do it on purpose. No. Just to see how you react. As
1: your friend and, let's be honest, (laughs) comedy uncle, I think that you rely on the Partridge... Voice, which oh, is I fine.
0: My God. No, but we so all attractive. do it. But in your now that we'll you're all do it. shut up, <laughs> you can't do this. I, can. I can't start this by saying shut up. We're not
1: started yet. What I'm saying is, as you begin this endeavor into creating your own content, right? You can't yes. use somebody else's
0: shtick. You can't. Oh. It's not stealing, oh but you've got so many of your own shticks. I'm going to. I've invented one already called Clever Alan. Oh, no, that's already called Alan. Alan, see? uh, No, I've got another one called Jeff the Partridge. Oh! (laughs) (laughs) I I can do this. Uh, He's from Radio Ipswich. Uh, Bear with me. I don't know what I'm doing, Matthew. Right, that's the last Partridge voice you're doing. That's the the end of the advice section of the show. And cue Sting. Great, thanks, guys. Um, what I want to say, I want to do like a proper intro. That doesn't actually. sound like Sting. He's a Geordie. <laughs> All right. You, again, you're running roughshod. It's like I've got a, a punk band on uh, on a, on a stuffy show. old oh, even that's off Alan Partridge. Show. I mean, yeah. Right. Anyway, right. Just be quiet and let me do my thing.
1: Should we do this next
0: year? <laughs> right, are you ready? Yes. So like, imagine there's just been some really cool, funky, sort of almost documentary-style music, and then it's gone sort of... Good G-S-O-H! Do-do-do-do-do-do-do! Good sense of humour! What makes all my guests tick? Why are they funny? Why do we get on so well? Let's find out! With good sense of humour! G-S-O-H! With this week's guest... Matt, have you heard of him? Yes, you have. Morgan. Woo! Hi. (laughs) Oh, hi, Matt. Uh, Thanks so much for coming on the show. Really great to have you on. Now, we've actually talked before, haven't we? Uh, I think we have. Your name rings a bell. Yeah. Um, I'm basically the guy you ring when Noel Gallagher's already fallen asleep. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
1: You don't laugh at your own joke to the point where your own chest whistles you, like you've been you shot.
0: You, yeah. Th- let me just explain a little bit about how the show works. In this show, <laughs> <laughs> the guest doesn't make remarks on the host's style or the things he says. You just laugh along and pretty much just play a straight bat and then I'll edit it however I see fit, even <laughs> Potentially trying to do your voice to say things I wish you'd said instead of the things you have said. Matt Morgan. Have you let's done put, let's put Matt on the spot. Wait. On the spot. On the oh spot. God.
1: This is I mean Sorry. you're overproducing this.
0: But have you done your own
1: yeah. solo intro? Have you recorded that or are you gonna do that afterwards?
0: That is none of your business. Oh, I bet you've
1: I bet you're gonna do it afterwards and go. Uh, he's a playful character uh, But he knows his place So anything where he sounds like He's taking the piss out of me In the way that a sort of <laughs> errant school Reverse
0: engineer might Yeah, be. I'll reverse engineer the dynamic To yeah, make exactly. it like I want And then edit it like really, really choppily Almost like sort of, uh, what's he called? Who does the mashups of like Alan Sugar and stuff Yeah um, What's what he called? Cassette boy oh, You know cassette boy it's going to be like and matt morgan and he's gonna be like you are the best nick O yeah <laughs> oh yeah am i and, and are you an idiot yes i am an idiot well you're the king of podcast already <laughs> well
1: listen all i would say <laughs> to you as a seasoned podcaster is don't make the edit too difficult and that sounds too
0: difficult already so boring. It's like being in the car with your big brother, and, and you've just passed your test, and he's like, just a little word of advice, if you uh, ride the clutch, you can actually, uh, and if you tailgate a lorry, you can actually cut 15 minutes off your journey. So Matthew, it's, it's going to be fine. Okay, come on, let's do this. All right, so listen, joking aside, I have, uh, I think I've explained to you that I am you know, I'm lightly applying some sort of reason for the for this being uh, my podcast and not just trying to copy your podcast. And so I've called it G S O H, and everyone that I'm getting on is going to be someone that I genuinely find funny and have a laugh with. And one one thing that's occurred to me is that I do have slightly different dynamics with all the different people I know. So in this case, this playful thing where you pretend to be slightly better and more experienced than me works really well comedically even though it isn't true yeah. but then I've got other mates where I lord it on them a bit or where it, where I'm a bit more damning and other ones where I'm a little bit more like genuinely a little bit in awe of them in a slightly different way where it will be totally respectful and whatever so apart from just dynamics you've also got I think you, you end up having like different shtick between you and different mates you know what I mean like oh yeah even definitely. just like your mate your matey mates you end up with playing sort of different roles and having various private jokes and all the rest of it so I want to sort of like chat about that with people but I also just want to um I want a little get a get a little sense apart from us just chatting which we will still do just a little bit of a sense of what you find funny what is your sense of humor what 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 was your sense of humor growing up? What made you, you know what I mean? Not yeah. necessarily even just comedy influences. I'm going to be honest; like...
1: it does sound very similar to a podcast I was doing in January of 2020 called Funny How, where I talk to people mm. who I find funny about what they mm-hmm. find funny, mm. and yeah. we dissect things. And, then, that are funny. and
0: what happened to it? Did you are you still doing it, or did you I... foolishly retire it and leave it? outside for someone to steal from your front door.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but Funny How is a better name
1: than Good Sense of Humour, which sounds something like well, your mum would have called again, a fucking what newspaper now, column in again,
0: the 80s. Again, again, what you're doing now is you're overstepping the guest mark and you're starting to sort of comment on the podcast you're on. Just pretend I'm a proper person. Gee, just for an hour and a half. Yeah, but you know like when a let guest do, used to go on Wogan. Let me do my podcast. Like,
1: oh, what's his name? <laughs> just Ollie let Reed. me do
0: my podcast.
1: Wait a minute. When Oliver Reed would go on mm. Wogan and, you know, like something like <laughs> yeah. that. And then they'd, they'd pull at the set or go, oh, that's not even a real thing yeah. or whatever. That's what I'm doing. And I think what it yeah. does, it...
0: Uh, brackets, Barrymore. Yeah, that sort I of thing. That's who you're describing. All the greats. Star, Barrymore, uh, Savile, they all did it. Well, don't know if
1: Savile did it. Also, never evoke chaos. the ghost of
0: Savile on your own podcast. <laughs> Not this early. Not this early. All right, let's let's zip his shell suit up and put him away. Right, I just want to get out before you. we get
1: going properly. I just want to do oh. this.
0: What do you mean, get going properly? What well, this is properly? <laughs>
1: What's that? Oh, nothing. What have you done? Just a fart. What have you done? All up your fucking Wogan (laughs) set, you boring old seventies bastard.
0: (laughs) Uh, 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 Would you say that comes under the
1: catch-all term "good sense of humour?
0: I don't think it does.
1: I think it was bloody (laughs) disgusting. Uh,
0: So, when you first became Matt Morgan, did you ever imagine that's my Parkinson? Yes. Let's get that start. start You've got Parkinson's. We know that. Got Parkinson's of the tit. Oh, how is the tit? Oh, it's fucking aching, mate.
1: You know what you should have on this podcast swinging around with your achy little tit is you should have an agony aunt bit where the tit has a voice like hello, everybody, <laughs> and it answers people's queries and problems. <laughs> a grumpy tit, grumpy little tit, but but that's also grumpy quite sort tit. of loving.
0: Oh, what's the problem? Well, I don't know, do I? Yeah, like well, that. I don't know, do He gets or really paranoid. harassed like, by the people asking, like my, even though like, that's his job. Like my mum in a posh restaurant. Yeah. Well, I don't bloody know, do I? I don't know what bloody... It's called shabless or shabbly. <laughs> my money's as good as theirs. Come on, we're leaving. That's you it. grumpy little tass. That's it. Right. Yes, Matthew. Sorry, I've that. been rude and silly. Well, you have. You know, like, it's not your show, so... Can you see the football score from where you are? I'll I'll tell you something. Let's let's just set the scene Go for on. the listeners and ultimately viewers when this becomes an Amazon TV series. Um, I can see the football. It's still one-one. Is it? Sweden and Ukraine one-one, and the post has been hit or the bar three times in the last few minutes oh by god. various teams. Oh my god! So let's just. Uh, Let's be clear. We want to ride the wave of uh, a bit of a good mood today, don't we? And um, so, just so that you know, viewers, this is coming to you a mere couple of hours after England beat Germany at Wembley. Two nil. It was an absolute buzz, absolute <laughs> buzz. And now, as I speak, it, the seventy minutes gone to decide who we're going to be playing on Saturday. If I get my shit together, I might try and release this podcast before Saturday. Um, so that we can uh, become the voice you know, of football. Yeah, but no, but crystallise this moment yeah. and still be basking in the glory of our country, feeling good for like a few days after such a shit year, and obviously after so many years uh, since we've ever beaten Germany in a tournament. Matthew, can you answer a football trivia question? When did we last beat Germany in competition? Um, I'd say it was a World Cup. And I'd say it was probably not that long ago. I'd say the 90s. Well, you're wrong. Why? It's actually when we won the World Cup final in 66. Is that the last time we beat Germany in a competition? It's not the last time we beat them. It's the last time we beat them in a tournament. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. But that's, I mean, that's when it matters, isn't fucking it? Fucking time. I
1: mean, it's pathetic that we... It's fucking incredible. That's n- great. That we still go on about 66. This is the thing, though, being like supporting England, right? If you support support France, Portugal, Italy, Germany, or whatever, when you lose, it's like, oh, for fuck's sake, we should... You know, like, we should... We've had this. We've won this yeah. before. It, when mm-hmm. we don't lose, especially out of the groups, then, like, yeah. it's better to be an English fan because... The reach, like it's all, it's not like you're, you know, like someone really shit, right? I'm not going to name them, but some of the countries are brother countries (laughs) who weren't ever going to get out of the groups, right? So we're always meant to get out of the groups, but then we're not meant to really get any further. So when we do do well, it's it's like feels like a dream, doesn't it? It feels like, is this real? Whereas if you're France right. and you do well, it just feels like, come on, yep, we've done this. So I think we're I half honest. agree.
0: I half agree because yeah. we sort of do know we're a bit rubbish. Like, it's a rainy sort of cold, you know, fish and chips and Morris Minor country, right? Mm. And we should always remember that. So it is kind of amazing when we're up against more glamorous countries and they play this like glamorous the the Germans. No, but I mean, when it comes to like a proper World Cup, and you've got Brazil, Argentina, Spain, Italy, France, like they all—they're all places we would go on holiday, and all the people in those countries probably wouldn't come here, right? Do you know what I mean? They would. I reckon they would just to see London and the Lakes. Yeah. Maybe Stratford upon Avon, but anyway, the point being. What gets me is it is amazing when we do that but also I mean it, straight after this game Rio Ferdinand's already talking about us winning the competition yes yeah, it's just like for fuck's sake calm fucking down although basically I think it's great we've just had a brilliant we've had a brilliant moment We might get to have another brilliant moment on Saturday against either Sweden or Ukraine. Hmm. So we should just be happy with that like I get it's my mate's birthday on Saturday we're definitely going to his house and having beers and the match is on. Great that's brilliant. Like, stop going on about every soon as we win, one single game. Yeah, but they're pundits. They're going to do that. But it's just uh, embarrassing. For me, it's like
1: we beat Germany two 0 and knocked them out. Right, that is that's enough. Like we've done enough there. To if we don't go any further, but I don't want to tempt fate in the you know the same way Rio was. But so we've got Sweden or Ukraine. Well, I've just watched the first Mm. half. Neither of them worry me at all. Right. I know anything can happen. Sweden
0: look quite good at this point, to be fair.
1: Uh, do they? But um, so it's going to be probably Go Sweden, right? But I th- honestly think we can. If we can beat Germany, we can beat Sweden, right? Then yeah, who I mean, else we beat is them, there? We beat them in the
0: last. We we beat Sweden in the last World Cup, didn't we? And that was that was actually our most convincing proper game. Mm. Yeah. After we beat, I don't know, we beat like Lapland slash Mongolia. About 19-0, didn't we, in, in the second game? But mm, anyway. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, it's it's been. I have enjoyed the last few days, actually, where you have suddenly, I think you've gone, you've, you're fully into this, aren't you? You've, you've been watching all the games really into it. I tell, Is that I tell rare for you? I tell everyone this.
1: No, no. Honestly, every competition, when it's nice and, there was one year, mm. and I know Love Island's just started again, but it must have been, so this was meant to be 2020, so it must have been 2018, and that was the World Cup, yeah. wasn't it? So I, when the World Cup was on and Love Island was on and it was really sunny and hot, I was just properly, it was just like World Cup, Love Island, that was my life for a while. Really,
0: it surprises me that you can cope with Love Island. I just cannot. I mean, I was the same. from From Big Brother Series 2 onwards, I've not been able to look at any single sort of reality TV, people lying around just. Fucking normal twats trying to win a thing. I just can't fucking watch it. Yeah, I know, it must. It makes me angry.
1: It's because it,
0: it, you probably see a lot of yourself in it, but. <laughs> <laughs> because it's because I, every time I send my application off, and look, I stop myself doing Alan there. Yeah, I know. Every time I send my application
1: off, and I say, I can play the spoons, I can do whatever. I'll be I the random old guy. Um, no, but on. But what I liked about... Well, that first series of Big Brother before people knew what reality TV was was an amazing psychological experiment. Exactly. And then since then, it's just like, this is a way to get famous for cunts, right? Yeah, it's just shit house. Love yeah. the Fuck. But um, Love Island, although I did sort of go off it. I, I think I've missed one series, that winter one I didn't watch. But it is quite an interesting social psychological dating experiment where you sort of see echoes of mm. like ah oh, when you know like that girl got the guy she wanted and then she suddenly went all needy and psycho and lost him and you like you see things that it's sort of interesting from a psychological yeah point i think
0: of view. i get that that's what people tend to say but uh i sort of also think it's got this got this gross just you know it's just top shops fucking window innit? it you know what i mean it's yeah. just like everyone looks exactly the fucking same and i think it's all part of that kind of weird super vain instagram sort of world and it all like all that stuff that when we did that clip show and we were having to watch fucking clips of all these people we wanted to yeah. fucking like head but headbutt a pencil uh so i just can't I can't be doing with it but i do love uh, a footy uh tournament of a summer yeah. By the way, I don't know if you can hear this, but because I live right next to a pub, there's actually people going "oh, hey, ooh, outside. Is it in time yeah, with if, your TV,
1: or is it slightly off?
0: It's slightly off yeah. because they've got, they've got, they're on like a sort of satellite link. Yeah, a little moody link, and I'm just on council telly because I've got my telly hooked up. When the I'm world normal telly on. for the first time. Yeah. yeah, that's what
1: the same as me. I I wasn't using that. When I, when the uh, World Cup was on, I was watching it on Sky, and I think my neighbour's watching it on normal telly. Yeah. And he was about literally a second ahead of me. But that's enough for him to go, yes! Just yeah. as someone's taking a shot, and then you know it's going to be a goal, which is sort of good,
0: but not, you have, you, have you seen that clip of uh, some, it's really well done, some Holland fans? Wound their mates up where there was like, I think the free kick or something or like, there was basically a chance
1: mm. where they've
0: all There was people in the garden below them like and they've got like a, an apartment and a balcony and there's about 10 of them in there And they basically all watch this chance and they all agreed to fucking cheer like it was a goal. And then they filmed downstairs because then they all were like, oh, my God, oh, my God, we're going to score. And then the thing went over and then they all pissed themselves and laughing because it wasn't true. They tricked their friends. That's quite hard. <laughs> is, that the sort, is that the sort of thing that gets Matt Morgan's GSOH going? That set off my GSOH
1: bell straight away. And let me tell you, people say the Dutch aren't funny,
0: but they bloody are. They bloody are. Their little are shoes they are funny. T- They're made of wood. <laughs> they certainly, certainly tickled my funny bone with that meme. Right. Well, um, how does this format hey, but, work? Well, we'll come to that. But I'm gonna. I just need to tell you that uh, a few weeks ago, United were in a game, <laughs> and um, obviously, like you know, I'll be. Watching was that, that a fake showbiz
1: laugh fun. or was that a real laugh then? Cause... <laughs>
0: that was a real one. That was a sort of real, a real fake showbiz laugh. That was a sort and, of um,
1: Noel Edmonds. And I'm going. I'm going. Just
0: let, me <laughs> say, let me let me say the things I'm saying. Say them then. I'll get a fucking mute button for you. Put in. Oh. Um, so I'm watching. I'm watching this game, and my mates are texting, and I'm texting, and it sort of got to a point where I was saying something like, "Oh well, you know, never mind now. Probably," and they were all going, "What?" And then I realised that. For some reason, I think maybe I'd paused it or something during the... <laughs> so I was literally about 20 minutes behind and was saying things about the game. that. Uh... <laughs> and I'm going... I think I was saying, I reckon we can still do this, <laughs> right? But the game had been finished <laughs> for about 15 minutes. And they were going, are you on about your dick? And I'm like, oh, come on, fucking... Be positive, like, you know, like, Guys. we've got some good players. We've got such and such. We've got all fucking, you know, such and such on a bench. And, uh, and they're like, what are you fucking on about? It's ended. I was like, is it? <laughs> it's <laughs> fucking like 20 minutes late. And we all laughed that I'm the tit of the group.
1: Well, I mean, <sighs> I could have guessed.
0: So I'm going to use that as a little segue, Matthew. Yes. Um... Amongst your proper mates, right? Because obviously, you have you lord it on me like you're some sort of like you know, cool guy with uh, with his collar turned up at school who's got an earring. And I've just started in the school, and you're like, you better hang around with me, mate, if you want to stay safe. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and like, when I when I was at school with my mates, basically, I was daft enough that I could make friends. And so I was never in, I was never really in a position where. I was like the whipping boy or anything like that. But then, obviously, with the mates that get to know you best, they know you long enough to see you be, like, basically, like, screech out of Saved by the Bell a few times. And then, like, Mm -hmm. you've got that position as uh, the one who's going to do something for a laugh but actually end up looking like a tit but will be good for the laugh and all that, right? So, for example... Like, I can remember we used to all walk around acting hard and that, and you like, you know, fucking, like, get some fags, I'll smoke, I don't care. And I always used to light like the wrong end of my fag. Mm. And all my mates used to laugh. And the other thing I used to do is, like, obviously when you were a teenager, you used to spit a lot, didn't you? Yeah. Just fucking It's a big part of being a fucking, teenage boy. I'm going to fucking spit. I quite regularly spat down my own coat. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I've done my it. Mates, <laughs> my mates thought it was hilarious. So even though I thought I was just like the one who's gonna be i'll be the one who goes in the news agents does a stupid voice makes everyone laugh in the shop and you know like the good for a dare if you like you know what i mean yeah but but in in reality they were laughing at me as well as with me because i was spitting on my coat and lighting the wrong end of my fag and you know whatever so what was your comedy persona sort of like early on Mm. do you know what i mean did you were you aware of being funny Around Um, people and did you play on it or anything like that? How did that work?
1: Well, I was little, and uh, so even like as far back as primary school, I honestly remember. I think I did speak about this before on uh, a different podcast, which was my one, but it was like I I clearly remember a couple of jokes I made. uh, One when we were doing comprehension about some leper, a leper that these two boys meet. You know, when you read like a little passage and then you answer the questions. And the first question was, how many people are in this story? Yep. And I said, two and a half, because one, or two and three quarters, because it was two boys and a leper, and got a laugh from the whole class. But the best bit was the teacher <laughs> trying not to laugh. You know, like, look, where it's like, they're trying to maintain order, but you've undermined them. Yeah. And I really <laughs> remember that. And I remember, even young, the funny, actually, the, the only funny thing I remember from being little, little, and it was when I was like three, my auntie julie who lived next door wasn't actually an auntie she was a 16 year old girl babysat us but she's still like she's like an auntie now right her mum, mary rest in peace was uh she i was really cheeky and i said to her i used to get in trouble for picking my nose because i had compulsion to pick my nose and she said (laughs) she used to tell me off for it and i said i want to I mean, I was three, so forgive the uh, comedy writing in this. But I said, um, oh, when I'm older, I'm going to have i uh, I'm going to grow, I'm going to get a nose tree so that I can pick noses all day long. Or something like that. I was three. Very good. She loved it. Hey, come on. The crowd pretty roared. Good. Uh, also, pretty good. with her, I she caught me weeing in my garden around the same age. <laughs> and she said, uh, does your mummy and daddy know you're doing that? And I said, yes, it's fine. I've only got a little white willy. My daddy's got a big brown one. <laughs> 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 and so my, In your face. In your face, Mary. But, and I remember, and my mum and dad used to, like, they remember, you know when like, someone remembers that, and then it becomes like part of your family sort of folklore of, once oh, yeah, Matthew said this them. to the neighbour? Um, I've, I've,
0: got, I've got one of them where the, the pools man, no, in fact, the tax man came round. My mum had her hairdressers and her books were in disarray and all that. Oh, God. And the tax man came round and she was all flustered because she wasn't ready. But I came to the door and put, got me a little willy out and said, have you seen that? <laughs> <laughs> seen- <laughs> Fucking tax that, you cunt. <laughs> seen that, have you? Got one of that? I said, have you got one of these? I think that's what it was. Have you got one of these? And he was like, Oh come back another time, mum. <laughs> And she was like, "Well played, son. Well played. That's mind games, mate. You like, dealt with her. Uh, listen, between me and you, could you? If 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 Mummy makes this hand signal, could you do that again <laughs> to get us out of another situation, <laughs> like in the in the post office or something?" It's like, madam,
1: you've been putting magazines up your jumper,
0: and she's just giving you the elbow. Like, <laughs> have you got one yeah. of these? <laughs> have you got one of these? Did I do it right, mum? Oh, he touched it. He touched it, mum. <laughs> Leg it. Mummy, can I have a special yoghurt for doing me trick? Oh, don't gosh, say gosh, special yoghurt. Stay up late. Don't, don't say, say special
1: yoghurt in the... No, I don't mean it. it's not a sex thing.
0: Well, it sounded, it sounded like a sex it. Thing. Sounded like a cry it for did, help. Did, it, uh, I'll give you. It. it did. It did. But a special yogurt back in those days was my mum used to buy, in her way of like having a little moment where she's thinking, "Oh yeah, classy." Brenda's feeling classy. She's going to get herself a champagne and rhubarb yogurt from Sainsbury's, mm. r- ready to watch Alfie Design Pet. Do you take know the what? Phone off the hook.
1: I, as a child, was never allowed this, and then we had it at someone else's house but was it called a creme caramel the thing that looked like a sort of yogurt that was like 70s yellow and brown
0: oh yeah
1: and then you turn it upside down peel the little thing off the bottom this is what i didn't realize because they're really hard to Uh, eat with a spoon because you can't get all the bits out yeah you're going to turn them upside Mm. down on a plate and pull the foil little like air hole off and it goes and then you can pull the thing up and it's on the plate as a sort of jelly
0: yeah, it's magical. Wow. I actually had one the other week. Fucking lovely. I had one the other week, and and I'll tell you now, it's freaking gorgeous. It it was a real nostalgia buzz. Mm. But yeah, my mum my mum used to get them. Now I'm not I'm not sort of like lauding it like we were we were, we classy. Were, we didn't have that. You know, that. it was hilarious. Uh, the other last night I had a curry for my dinner, and sort of for old time's sake, I had a brew with my curry. Yeah. Because when we when we had a family curry, right? So it was like obviously curry out of a jar. But like when when it was a homemade sort of family curry, that what was on the table was um, definitely mango chutney, curry curry from a jar, boiled rice. You mean
1: curry that slight... the sauce was made from a jar, not like the whole yeah, thing. Like,
0: well, instead of ordering a curry, you're making yeah, 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 Indian yeah. curry, I'm just right? Checking. So obviously we 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 you know to this day i have got no shame shame charm, no shame in uh, using a, an Indian sauce or whatever but anyway we used to have sliced white bread and butter and a cup of tea on the table with the curry yeah and that's, that's as, no, as working class and northern as it gets i think
1: i like to drink tea with spicy food because when you drink the hot tea you get an extra level of mouth burn from it Interesting. when uh but when i was a kid <clears throat> no matter what mm. the meal was there was a plate of sliced white bread cut into triangles buttered well, margarined. That's yeah, yeah, with every yeah. meal. And the yeah. only time that it paid off was when you had spaghetti bolognese and you made a bolognese sandwich with the bread.
0: Oof, yeah. Wasn't that fucking lovely? And the bread was all fucking sort of marvelous. covered in juice. But... Did, did you eat, like, gammon and pineapple and... No, we didn't bread, ...chicken chasseur <laughs> and all that shit?
1: No, there was a lot of, like, meatballs in sauce from a tin... With it comes with, and and then that put over spaghetti. Sometimes my big sister made the dinner because my mum was working or whatever. We had some, like, my mum and dad. Now, you'd think, like, everyone's much more cultured now and knows what hummus is. But at that time, I mean, I I think we spoke about this on that deleted podcast I made, well, not deleted, but ruined podcast, where I didn't have hummus till I was at university. And I didn't even, I didn't even heard the word or anything. And then one night, some guy said, do you want some hummus? And I was like, Some
0: magical sort of Jim Morrison figure. Yeah, as if he'd said, do you want some (laughs) acid? And then I tried it. some
1: hummus? What he did actually was he made a toast, he put toast in the toast. I've I've talked about this numerous times because it changed my life at the time. Toast in the toaster, Mm. get it out. One side, cover it in hummus, and one, a thin layer of brown sauce. Push them together, Fucking cut it normal. in half. Fuck me. You you have that late at night really? when you're pissed. Yeah. Really works. Yeah. Mm.
0: Do you reckon it'll work with reggae reggae?
1: I think it might be better.
0: I've, I've uh, controversially uh, all but replaced brown sauce with reggae reggae. I haven't got brown sauce in, and then if I see brown sauce in the shop, I'll think... Still got reggae, reggae. I
1: can't do reggae, like reggae because it's got I've, gluten in
0: it. all oh, right I didn't want to bring the vibe down. Here we go. Here we go. Just.
1: Anyway, wasn't this a meant to be a me? No, being... no.
0: We've got dead air. You've ruined it.
1: When I was funny as a child, and now we're talking please. about what's in your fucking cupboards.
0: Well, you know, we're allowed. We're allowed to wander about and have fun. But yeah, please, please do tell me. Uh, so, so you were, you were, you were funny then. Um, I. I can remember the first time I thought... It's not about laughing. you. <laughs> oh, God, this is hard work. <laughs> other... Just so everyone everyone listening realises, I know you all think you like Matthew, and I will continue doing this because uh, it's uh, out of respect for Matthew uh, being the only thing I've got going on in my life that isn't a disaster... Um, but let's be honest. When I talk to my other guests, as you will see in subsequent weeks, it'll just be friendlier. Oh come on! You, there's nothing friendlier <laughs> than somebody ripping the piss out of you and ruining your show. <laughs> anyway, so who wants to go first? Who? who no, so go on, you go on. You were saying right, when you were if, a kid. No, but if I if I start if I start going oh and another time I was funny and I do them all in one show, then there'll be nothing else to say, will there? So like, no, you're right. Come on then. Um.
1: Well, listen, the dynamic, right, of... So when I was um, at primary school, I was, like, cheeky, answering back, but, you know, with a funny thing, but still getting my work done and sort of being still intelligent, you know, like, still on the right side of, you know, I wasn't getting in trouble, really. But then secondary school, there was, like, the cooler kids who were, like, generally, it sort of separates vaguely along sport lines, isn't it? So there was, like, the bigger, harder kids... And I definitely wasn't yeah. one of the cool ones, and yeah. then there was the real fucking sado kids, and I wasn't one of them. But I definitely had a foot in both
0: camps. But it definitely wasn't one of them. But I did only hang around with them, and they were the only people I knew that talked to me. <laughs> and they wouldn't even talk to me. I hoped yeah. to be one of them, but um, it was brutal. My boys'
1: school was it was all boys' school, and it was i mean it chilled out actually when people reach about 15 16 and it, you know it i don't know what happens but some people develop a little budding sense of empathy and it chills out a bit but like t- t- oh, 12 yeah, 13 be, yeah. 14 boys just mm-hmm. fucking I mean brutal. this is where
0: what where my little boys headed now and obviously he's been having a little bit of a, a a challenging time with uh, having some anxiety stuff going on, um, which which is a lot about at the moment with with the pandemic yeah. and all that, and school being disrupted. But yeah, I, I do one thing I notice in him is him talking. He actually talks about the boys, a like dad. You see this? This is me and the boys. So like, he's totally in love with the idea that he's now part of a crew. Yeah, and but they mainly they they're mainly um on their their main interaction isn't gaming but they do they do see each other but it's mainly like the 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 banter world that they've got clearly exists as as uh as their their xbox live i think it's world. different and, now uh,
1: i think it's different i think they'll be all right and also there's an awareness in children that like of Anti bullying and mental health, and like I reckon there'll be kids who are even at 13, 14, like out, you know, gay, trans. There is an whatever. awareness. Yeah, but like, there is, at my there school, is an awareness. Fuck me. It, I mean, there must have been kids in my year who were gay, but nobody was anywhere near showing any signs of it for fear. I mean, if you showed, like, this is how brutal it was. I remember two specific kids things one kid I know came into school one day all shell-shocked because he was about I mean he was about 14 and he found out he was adopted and basically told some people right because okay, he was geez. in shock and then they just went to everyone else he's just he's adopted and everyone was like ah I got it you're fucking adopted and just like that was brutal yeah and he was like like it was just mental but I had a sense of like that's not you know, that's yeah. Not very I've got funny. A few,
0: I've got no, but I've got I've got a few memories like that. That it's an interesting area, though, is things that felt very funny at the time, because there was such a buzz and a, a camaraderie around something that just felt like it was.
1: Oh, it was fun. brutal. Some of it, but you, brutal, yeah. but,
0: but you look back and you think, like you know, you didn't think of yourself. You know who the bullies were, but you you see, you have little moments where you go, oh, we were, we didn't know we wouldn't have understood that that could have been really hard for that kid that was getting the brunt of it that day or whatever, right? Yeah. I think I already told you about Daniel Bunton who kicked the head off a pigeon. Yeah. Right, so he wouldn't have got any sympathy, and that's weird. Looking back... Hang on, didn't did you just, get... didn't
1: you hide his name last time because he's an MP? <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: God, that sounded like kettle boiling. Oh, God. <laughs> So, <laughs> a, a kettle in a boil caravan in and
0: pour in pour, 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 boil a kettle and pour it over his mum's car
1: <laughs> um, anyway look, but just, I, I right, might but edit yeah, I'll probably edit, edit that his name out, out but, but, but like no the other thing that I remember was somebody's mum died this wasn't in my school this was in the school up the road where of might band already funny already funny came Keep into going. school uh, I'm trying to think if I can how I can say this without saying any names he
0: I just don't say the word he had a gum
1: either. infection and his nickname mm-hmm. was Scummy Gummy, right? <laughs> and I swear to God, the next time I saw him, everyone was saying, Scummy Gummy got no mummy. And uh, well, but like, but it was almost like, he'd go, I'm yeah, sort of yeah, go Fuck off. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'd like, have a go at them back. And everyone was, just, it was just brutal. If you had any weakness, if you had like asthma or yeah. spots.
0: <sighs> Oh, fuck me. To me, even just like, do you remember people who had a pat lunch? And there were certain kids that... Had, yeah. I can remember a kid... There's a few kids that they seem to have something that they got that got called a special drink. I don't know what that meant. But whatever it was, I saw them as like weak people who could sort of like... Die if they had a normal drink. Yeah, maybe maybe their parents were like anti the crap fizzy drinks. We all it's probably just sensible parenting. It's probably water. Like, we just all you had, just grew up in be... the north
1: and it was like, <laughs> oh, you've got to have special drink.
0: <laughs> oh, look at me, my drink's not even blue. It's drink seafood, miss. What's it? Why, why can I see this? This <laughs> this, this drink's <laughs> made of glass. This tea's seafood see- and
1: cold.
0: <laughs>
2: Why is this tea like
0: that? I don't know why. Why, is your, ice, why is your ice wobbling? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's water.
1: Why it's you it's you, precious
0: water. Why, why have you got a tiny guitar? It's a violin. I'm one of the middle class children in our school. Make yes. it do a song. And then we will beat you to death. <laughs> It was bad, wasn't it? Were you at a boys' school or a mixed school? Yeah, it's horrible. Was it a mixed school? No, it's a mix mixed comprehensive, very much along the lines of Grange Hill. Right. Um but uh it wasn't a rough school, but I mean, you know, it's fucking South Manchester. There's certainly the next schools around us, right, which were Barlow, which is literally Knoll School, Knoll and Liam. Yeah. And uh not far up the road, Burnage, when Burnage there was literally a murder at Burnage, actually kid stabbed another kid and he died. And so that that thing of like schools being hard and coming down and fighting and all that, that was sort of going on. But yeah. in but in terms of that atmosphere of the heightened thing of when people start having a laugh, you're just like young fucking chimpanzees, aren't you? It just goes out <laughs> yeah. of control and the, the adrenaline created. I can remember there being a day where we were all on the bus going home and someone started setting fire to graph paper and then there was this kid who who his party pieces that he could make himself puke so he we were all laughing that this this one kid was setting fire to graph paper and throwing it around and then this other kid went yeah oh, 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 oh. i think he was called rudy yeah oh, puke yeah oh, do you do you? he's like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. so he he pukes on purpose on this graph paper and then people were setting it on fire and we were like screaming laughing like it is the best thing we'd ever seen now, if you if you imagine you're just someone coming home from work, or like bringing mm. bringing your child back from somewhere, and there's all these teenagers on the bus, and we just, oh, well, I remember it. Are, I remember it. I think I think I think what it is is at uh, that age is you've o- you've only got awareness of each other. Like George said something to me the other the other week actually, when he went, oh yeah, we went to the we, me and the boys were in the park. and It was so funny because we were just playing, and this kid came over and like my mate had like a toy gun that he'd found um and then like this kid came along and he, he said dad he said like can i play and my mate was like go away or i'll shoot you <laughs> but then the kid's mum, oh it was so embarrassing uh dad do you know what a karen is yeah so she was one of those she was a karen oh, and i'm like whoa, whoa 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 i'm saying right this is the flight the first time you've been at the park with all your mates and you're now telling me that All of you were like, "Here comes a fucking Karen," and it was like a concerned mum, who my my kid and his mates had just been like, you know, harmlessly but probably a little bit rude to this other little kid, telling him to bugger off. But the thing was, the kid had gone back saying, "Those boys have got a gun, mummy." And then suddenly this woman's coming over worried and talking about phoning the police because mm. to her, it's like a load of unruly little shits who, you know, like might have a gun or a knife or, you know what I mean? And like, he, he's he got no idea yet that you are you are on that knife edge uh, when you're with your mates all through those years. And it's usually it's brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. And yeah, but I was going to say, world. like
1: nowadays you think like, There, it doesn't seem as wild as in the past, but actually, like in the old days, if they went, Oh, those kids have got a gun. That most in the old days, people would roll their eyes and go, "Uh, uh, uh, As if, Now, someone Uh. will go, Oh my god, they've got a gun, and the police could turn up. And then, because there's been a gun reported, like you could kick off a little bit more than it probably would have done in the past, yeah. It is a worry, it is a worry. I remember once on the bus, uh, because I. I remember like not being scared of adults in like say you were on the bus because there was like ten yeah. school kids or whatever, and I remember this guy on the bus turning around, and going, Fucking shut up, keep the noise down, blah, 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 and having a go. Yeah. And normal yeah. and like you would think we'd all go, Oh my god, an adult, a big man, is shouting at us. But everyone just like yeah. rinsed him for ages yeah. going, <laughs> Oi mate, oi mate, yeah. you know. Like, and so then yeah,
0: you've got it, AIDS yeah Yeah, you've got AIDS (laughs) all that stuff was going (laughs) on but then he
1: turned around worst
0: thing you could say yeah
1: I don't even think it was that I can't remember I think it was just like just sort of light-hearted bants right but then he turned around and came and, and said well I'll come on I'll come and sit up the back or whatever and sort of got into the space which did shut a few kids down right and then when I got off the bus I remember doing this and it was a it was just a little uh little joke at the time but i turned around i said to him he must have been young but he seemed like a man he was probably like 18 right 19 and i said hey mate are you allowed in your mum's bedroom and he said yeah as if like of course i am i'm uh, uh, you know i'm older so he obviously wasn't a man but um Hmm. and he he said yeah and then i said can you get my pants back for me which was like (laughs) a fucking a thing no it was like a thing that everyone I mean, said. oi mate are you allowed in your yeah, mum's bedroom yeah of course I am yeah, but, can you get my pants back for me and I did that yeah, well, that's
0: a gold medal though in in that situation that's like good on yeah. you man you've stepped up with a classic bit of pants
1: but then pants, pants. and he was like he laughed it wasn't like he was going to chase me but I got so much adrenaline from doing it and like was really scared as I was about to say it. But the but the thought of getting it out and saying it and then the, the other kids laughing and like that champion feeling of going down the stairs was enough to power me through it. But uh, I would not have I done that if like I was that. on my own. The, the safety in numbers at that, that age. That's
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I absolutely 100% had that sort of character where I knew I could get away with... Chucking something in, like something would arrive in my head, and it'd be out before you know it. You know what I mean?
1: How and tall I, just, were you?
0: Basically, were you? Oh, tall I was them? fucking t- mate. I was I was tiny until I was seventeen. Oh really? Really strange. Really strange thing. I was laughing with George. He reckons he's he reckons he's uh, turning a corner in uh, maturity terms, right? Which I think's a bit of an overclaim because he still looks like like a tiny kid to me. But anyway. I, I was still fucking like five foot three or something when I was 16. And I was literally started driving lessons and I still look, look like Fred Savage in the wonder years. And, um, <laughs> but then uh, weirdly, I just sort of like over a few, yeah, over a few. I was literally 17 when I had my tallness. But... That's
1: interesting because I had, a, there was a kid at my school who was about just under six foot when he was 11 and I found because I was I mean, I'm only five, nine, five, ten now, so like, but being the being little and cheeky, you could get away with stuff, but I did notice there was a point where like some of the kids, you remember that point when you're it's about a twelve point. I thought it's 13. A
0: very it's a very good point that.
1: Well, some of them look like men and, and a lot of us still look like little children. So if you were the little children type, you could, you, just, you, you could sort of go under the radar. But I do remember the even when you were starting to go into pubs, which was about, I mean, you know, in those days, 15, 16. There was the ones who could get served, but also could get into a proper argument with or get into some trouble with an adult. Do you know what I mean? Like some bloke would sort of see them as another bloke well it's Whereas, a bit
0: it's a bit like like I told you on your podcast the the other week when I was in Amsterdam on that school trip, and I was like, "Hey, motherfucker, and it's sort of like hairy asked forty year old man wanted to kill yeah, me, yeah, and that was like really scary because it's like i this is the same thing I do every day, and i I just think I'm being funny, but well, um, but the other the flip but side you' right it all, being little being little you get away with a lot but, you a, yeah. but
1: people don't I think there's a with kid, we're boys right, and it is boys. You're the king of the castle at school. Even if you're like being bullied, you're still bullying somebody. like It's like, it's just a brutal sort of melee of bullying, right? And everyone's just ripping the shit out of everyone. And you know where you stand. Yeah. then you're suddenly in the real world. And you, it just does, the same rules don't apply. You could,
0: someone could just turn around and beat the shit out of you. Or, I yeah, it's I just, don't know whether I've already said this, right? So stop me if I've already dropped it on a poddy. But I was making my mates laugh one day and we were at the bus stop. There's a lot of, it's mainly going home from school based all of this, isn't it? Get mm. your ice pops, cause a bit of trouble, go home. So I was at the bus stop with my schoolmates and uh, there was a two nuns, which is the start of a, a classic, joke. not it, two yeah. nuns. Two, two nuns, nuns at the bus stop. Bunch <laughs> of one of them wearing moon boots. So I'm there with all my mates and I'm like, oh my God, it's moon boot nun." And like 40 kids laugh out loud, right? Because the words moon boot and none are pretty fucking spectacular together. Yep. And she was wearing moon boots and it looked pretty cool. So I kind of wasn't being horrible to her. But it was like I was going, oh my God, you're amazing. But at the same time, there's now 40 kids laughing at an old woman. But yeah. to make it worse, I then did the moonwalk around her. Hmm. Whilst going dum 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 doing like Michael Jackson. Yeah, and I look back on that now and I think, oh dear, that was just two old ladies that help people like at the local hospice, trying to trying to get a bus to like go and buy some tinned pilchards. And then they were surrounded by like 40 kids going, Annie, are you okay? are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah, and but. we picked them up. We, we picked them up. We got our boots off and threw them around. And we just picked, picked them. And we threw her over a fence. We didn't. I know you didn't. We didn't do that bit. But. We didn't do that
1: bit. They, hmm. I doubt it was that bad for them.
0: Yeah. I mean, a worse thing was like. And, they and what you're doing when you. you're doing that. Some of the kids that are around are like kids who, you know how it is. It's like anywhere, like stay on the right side of them. So I knew that if I made a load of people laugh in front of the kids who might you don't want to get on the wrong side on on the same bus who get that bus every day, they're going to be like, "Oh, this guy's fucking mad. I love him." Right? So you're sort of it's a manipulation game of going, "I'm." I'm up for a fucking laugh. I'll, you know, I'll be, I'll be your entertainment, mm. so that you like me enough not to beat me up. Now, I always used to when people say, uh, "Oh yeah, humor's like a defense mechanism." Did you stop it to get bullied? You think no. I never, I never had anyone. I never felt like anyone was trying to go there with me, like where it was like getting your way out of bullying. But certainly, what you're doing is you're going, all right. This is the weapon I've got. There so was, I don't it. know if it's because going to use it use it around those people because then they'll be like oh you're a friend I protect you anyone anyone punches my little funny mate I kill them.
1: yeah but it's either because all you're doing at that age is trying to escape boredom so like when your mate starts setting fire to graph paper you think oh something's happening great so if you're a provider of things that aren't boring then that protects you because people want you around. But I do think there was some cachet given to ripping the piss where, like, there was hard kids who could just fucking turn around and batter you, and, like, everyone knew who they were, right? Yeah. But there was also, if you were constantly ripping the piss, bantering, and if someone had a go at you, you could have a pop back and get a laugh, then they'd think, oh, I'm not going to yeah. do that to him again. So it's it, it was related Like it's like non physical fighting, so I think even the hard kids, right? You know how quick a nickname or a fucking a bit of banter can really stick or everyone laugh, and so like there was a fear. Like basically, when you're that age, you just don't want to look stupid in front of everyone. So Mm. I think humor can protect you in some ways, but then it probably gets you into more trouble. I don't know. I think you're right. I think it's like people say, like I developed my sense of humor to uh, stop myself getting bullied, and I think yeah, but. I developed mine using bullying,
0: and I perfected the art of humour to bully people by being by being horrible about the weaker children who weren't as quick as me. I mean, you know, I realise now that there were definitely were times where you were you were rinsing someone who might have been a bit of a soft target, and it's like, oh fucking hell, that's. I hope that that was okay. G S O H, good sense of humour. So uh, let's get back on to some GSOH business. Well,
1: GSOH is the name of the show. It's the name of the game.
0: It's the name of the game. It's the name of the show. You got I, a good can I give you a little, a little. Matt Morgan.
1: Can I give you a Thanks. little uh, hint, a little tip? Oh, God, here we go. Go well, on. Well, you ask a question and then you push me aside to answer it yourself. No, then no, no. there's on. no backup question. And then you haven't you got
0: any questions.
1: Tell the same story about the moonwalking nun
0: <laughs> that you I to- tell, me tell me I'm every
1: not- day. No, oh God, you've I never told me that story again. I'm joking. But I do. But there was a serious thing underneath that. And it was please let your guests talk. Please
0: oh, sake. find out what makes them tick. Yeah, I want to know what makes you tick if you just shut up and let me ask you. Go on then. <laughs> <laughs> Matt Morgan what makes you tick no um what i was going to say is f- two things i want to talk about one what makes you tick <laughs> and two what makes us into why have we come onto this sort of little sense of humor that we've got together i think that's well, the thing that i can i can obviously do that with every guest because it'll be unique whereas yeah. if i just go oh yeah when i was at school i was the funny kid i can't say that every week so we've we've established that I was funnier than you at school. That's all good. Um, yeah, fine. What early on, like, so, like, you get you get to sort of like college age, university, whatever. What are you, you know, like, what what are you wearing as your fucking comedy badge? In the same way that you've got the bands that you're into, you know, like you're bonding with people, and you're having you're having like private jokes with other mates, and like who, which mates do you love? Been with and why is it? Why is it then that you love being funny with and what is it you've all got in common? Is it Python? Is it Vic and Bob? Like what? What was going on for you into the sort of early lager and banter years?
1: Um, I would say uh, at school, right, the comedy du jour when I was sort of six for six for me was like well before that it's about Mary Whitehouse experience was a thing. Yeah, uh, then big. then there was like Bottom, Red Dwarf. Uh, black adder was always a thing but it was it wasn't like our thing red dwarf and bottom felt like more our thing um before that I mean the, t- the comedy I really liked as a kid was like steptone son I remember watching the young ones and just thinking this is naughty but I don't know what's going on um so but the first bit of comedy that actually I felt any sort of ownership over was when I went to art college which I basically did fucked around and got kicked out and it was stupid because it was so cool to be at art college with load of like arty farty, you know, like weirdo kids. Uh but the first we we used to take drugs and, you know, I was a punk. I had green hair and tartan trousers and like completely really? gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gone gone so like So you are like Vivian?
1: Yeah, maybe it was a young one's influence. But, like, no, it was just me and my mate Rich discovered the Sex Pistols because he shoplifted anarchy in the UK and we knew what the word anarchy meant and we liked it and we used to do anarchy signs. brilliant. We shoplifted that tape and I took it home. That's a good story.
0: That's just a fucking good story. Was that that a... Sorry, like a music tape or like...
1: Yeah, they, they... I don't know what year it would have been, but we were probably 14 or 15 and they re-released anarchy in the uk and it was a cassette single that we know like a cardboard tube with a tape in it right Mm -hmm. and it was in the sort of rave dance music like where they used to have a dj in there and it was like where we used to go in and where he used to get flyers and like it was all like there was t-shirts that were like holston pills but it was like high on pills it was like a raver shop but they had the latest singles and stuff so anyway we knew what the word anarchy meant because we'd heard it at school. And we were like, yeah, we're anarchists, anarchy. And that then there was this thing called yeah. Anarchy in the UK.
0: No future.
1: Yeah, all that. But no, but we didn't even, like, I just knew when I was a little kid, I remember some teenagers who were babysitting or something talking about the sex pistols. And I knew sex was a rude, naughty word. And I remember my mum and dad going, oh, God, no. Ugh. And I remember thinking, "What? who are these people? people so anyway I remember took that this is the stupid relationship I had with Rich he shoplifted it but I said I'll take it home and listen to it first right so but I'm, I think we did mm-hmm. there was a few things we shoplifted and then we took it in turns to listen to. but anyway we were we were naughty but like I took okay. it home and I was thinking this is going to be like heavier than Pantera and Slayer and stuff because it's anarchy and it's all the the artwork was all the ripped up Union Jack and then I listened to it and then he phoned me and was like, what is it like? And I said, it's really like weedy. It's not very heavy at all. But I thought this is fucking mental. And then we got hold of a VHS of um, rock and roll swindle, the film. Yeah, and was there was like punks that. with noseblades jumping around, punching each other and spitting and stuff. And I was just like, yeah. fuck me. This is amazing. I, this is me. Yeah. I just want to be this. So, when me and Rich remember, went to art college, we were punks.
0: Was, was um, Who Killed Bambi in Rock and yeah. Roll Swindle? Yeah, in that. So it's like so a weird, weird movie. We used to all wag school and go around. To it's this not house. about
1: you, Nico. Oh, for fuck's and sake. It's a we, co- yeah, is that what Who Killed Bambi oh in? Yeah. Was there a nun in that film? I think there was because um, <laughs> I don't know if I've because, mentioned it. Did I
0: ever t- There
1: was a nun in some moon boots. Now,
0: do you remember moon boots? <gasps> Well, you've. I'm you, sorry. I'm sorry. You, I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry. You've Brought me on as a guest. You've asked me. I know, me, but we're having but, a conversation. But I'm trying to get to this bit, which was All right. right
1: on. I went to Art College. I was a punk, but when I was there, the thing that changed my life, the thing that felt like the first piece of comedy that I felt like was mine, was the day to day. We watched that. Really? Over and over again. When I went to university, we watched Bang Bang, It's Reeves and Morton. Remember when, like, in those days, if you had four VHSs, you'd just watch them over and over again until they fell apart. Yeah. So yeah. that, so Vic and Bob was a big thing later on. But the day-to-day, I was just like, fucking hell, Chris Morris. And then later, like, I went back and listened to On the Hour. And then Blue Jam was out when I was at university. But, like, the day-to-day was life-changing for me because it was like – I'd always, I liked the, I loved Holy Grail and Life of Brian and stuff like that. And it had that same vibe of like, oh, these people are so clever. I couldn't even get near this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't like when you watched like Bottom and just thought, mm, hang on, they're just hitting each other with frying pans now. It was, it yeah. was like, I don't know, watching the day to day.
0: Did you ever hear uh, Chris Morris's Radio 1 stuff? Yeah, team. but only later uh, How amazing! Is it? How How amazing is it that Chris Morris had a radio show where they let him do what he wanted on Radio 1? Yeah. Right? And then there'd be bits of it. I can remember buying a music magazine, like Select or something, and they had a tape on the front. Mm,
2: when you did they, Frank that
0: Yeah, that, that week they, they basically put, or that month, they put a comedy tape on the front of a music magazine, and it was... Yeah, it was Chris Morris, and it was like the thing when he used to get, who was it he used to have doing that? Was that Bainham? It
1: was Peter Bainham, who, yeah.
0: Yeah, he used to send him out doing oh, stuff. Oh, that played. was Paul Garner when he sent him Paul out. Paul Garner. Yeah. Right, yeah. So, I mean, when I first got played that, that was almost like a Derek and Clive type moment. That was like, yeah. something's fucking happening out there. It Yeah, it was, it was It was. incredible. But, But the day-to-day definitely was, that was art college for me that moment hmm. but it was already it was already like partridge even though it's a radio four and it's quite sort of like sophisticated because it's a chat show and it was knowingly being radio four ish so that was like brand new to me i didn't really understand that but certainly the young ones that that did that 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 blended with punk very easily remember i can remember all these lads that we used to be off school we'd we'd watch the young ones but you'd be watching the pistols and stuff like that on the same, in the same sesh. Do you know what I mean? So, someone might be skinning up, and then you've got the rock and roll swindle, and it just felt like
1: but I remember things like, that were
0: funny and things that were rock and roll were all the same thing, and it was all a bit yeah, dangerous. Like Motorhead
1: playing Ace of Spades on the young ones and stuff. It didn't seem yeah, yeah. like that was two worlds colliding, and I don't know. I just sort of felt like there was this, like, it just felt sort of, like. It was dangerous yeah, it and anti-authority. Right. But there was a bit in the day-to-day that when we first started watching it, we were all on pills. And I couldn't, and we, we couldn't work out. Well, it was one guy's VHS. He knew it was a comedy. And it was just on. And it seemed like the news so much. And I hadn't taken any notice of the news. Do you know what I mean? It was like I was, whatever, 16, 17. And the first thing, the first joke that made me go, what? He went... Prince Charles made the announcement at some speech or other he was giving in the city or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And
0: yeah. then
1: the, and it's because he said some speech or other with such disdain. Yeah. And then you know the yeah. bit where he goes and then yeah. uh they've just cut in bits of and then I was like, hang on, and then we were all like suddenly we were like, hang on, this is this is funny, what is this? And then we <laughs> just got right into it. And it was like the maddest thing was there was there was that series, 'cause there was only one series, wasn't it? Had Three episodes on one VHS, and we were like, we just watched them. Was it one? It was, yeah.
0: It's either one or two.
1: No, I think it was one series of day to day. Oh, maybe there was no. No, It was honestly, it was it was was one series, and then it was Brass Eye. Fuck, maybe you're right. I can't believe I don't know this for definite, but whatever. There was one. We had one VHS which we watched to death, and then somebody went. Oh, you know there's another VHS. We literally had watched it 50 to 100 times until we realized yeah, yeah. there was another one with more episodes on it.
0: Oh.
1: Yeah, and that was the one where they he goes, "This is a war." And there was a war, but so oh, much God, it was like, so
0: good. I've not well, watched it for so long either.
1: I mean, Alan Partridge is, you know, like is one yeah, tiny yeah. part of it, and think look at how far that's fucking
0: it, run. It's still one of the greatest ever moments of sketch. Character yeah, yeah. comedy and it's ironic having the football on now while we discuss it. But the first time it showed him doing his sports report, oh yeah, with the with the with the football and it's like goal, and then he and then he just went twat. Yeah, I that mean, was liquid like football. So, it was so fucking funny the first shit.
1: Another so, one
0: when he kicks yeah, the ball yeah. and of it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when He's the ball bounced like out a of a and he puts it back in Yeah, the, I mean, the, like, that was. Oh, it was so... But what about quotable? when he's like... Um, so instant. You join me
1: when, when he's doing the Tour de France. He goes, you join me in the helicopter above the race mm. now uh, looking down on the yeah. cyclists who look in a mad way like cattle uh, from yeah, up yeah, here, yeah. but cattle on bikes and like all you, that you've stuff.
0: Just, yeah. You just reminded me that this is a beautiful thing about the sort of formative love of comedy that I don't think I really still have in the same way. Yeah. Is that I would say like, because I had like, my mum living in Spain and I had some mates who I got on with out there. So when I went out to visit my mum, mm. I would take with me in my hand luggage or in my case, three or four of the VHSs with the, the the comedy that I was buzzing off. And we would get around my mate Oscar's house and we'd all be leathered. And exactly what you're saying, it's like, where if you went somewhere, you might take it with you so go, you've got to get on this. In the same way that, you, that now you just send a link to someone. Yeah. You should literally take a fucking VHS with and the you.
1: The VHS was such a blocky, bulky thing, wasn't it? Yeah. And, in, and, and, and they you know, also
0: could die in a, in a VHS player. I've still got those VHSs. I cannot. There, there are certain VHSs, even though I can now just go on YouTube and find all that stuff, hmm. or it'll be on Amazon or whatever. They're so important to me. My tapes, where I've taped all of human remains, or where there's three young ones, uh, like a Harry Enfield special a little bit of match of the day, you know, like a fucking caramel advert and then fucking some weird bit of documentary. Um, I've got nothing. Like, oh, the mixed the mixed bag of like, some of the little VHSs I've got are just, you know, it's a real link to that love, yeah. that early love of comedy.
1: i tell you what though, the, the things that, because um, when I've, you know, like when you move house and you realise, oh, I don't really need these CDs because I'm using Spotify. I don't really need these, uh, DVDs. So I got rid of all the boxes and kept the discs of some stuff because music's all on Spotify, right? So I haven't I've got rid of all my CDs, but with comedy it's like if you want to watch The Day Today, there's bits on YouTube, but actually you need the DVDs, right? So I've kept everything, but I honestly think because there was a point where I was like, well, what stuff do I need access to? And I haven't watched any of it. Do you know what I mean? Like, Dumb and Dumber. Like, I, w- I needed to watch that. And it's just easier to find it on Amazon Prime and pay two ninety nine, and then go upstairs and find my disc. But well, yeah, um, but the things also, that... Also,
0: sorry, just to cool. cut in with that one. Also, we, we moved on from DVD too readily for my liking because the package of buying the thing and also mm. there being bonus features and maybe you know, fucking DVD commentaries. It's a brilliant... That was a brilliant thing. They're still so valuable when you watch like an old yeah. film. Well, when the then, day-to-day then was on DVD, insight, he he added some extras, didn't he? There was some
1: good stuff on there. But on the on the VHS, right, we watched it so many times and then one time we just let it play because, I don't know, we were, you know, young and taking drugs or whatever. And... If you let it play, it had like a little extra bit where he phones a McDonald's restaurant. He goes, "You're trapped in a submarine. You're running out of oxygen." You know, like, and someone goes, "Sir, this is a McDonald's restaurant." He goes, "Ha ha! You're joking to keep up morale." We hear you're in the vicinity of a giant squid. What weaponry could you employ to keep it out? You know, when he used to do that with his voice, <laughs> yeah. and and the guys, yeah, yeah. yeah, churches, goes all squeaky. churches like that, yeah, um, yeah. churches. It just what what was funny about that even that little punk thing of just asking someone it was it's sort of like it's so uh, it just really chimed with me because it was like oh
0: Matthew what Ukraine have just scored in the last minute oh of extra time good we'd rather have them the, the man the man the yeah and the man has ripped his shirt off to reveal a, sp- a sort of sports bra.
2: Mm. And they've not,
0: they've not cheered, they've not cheered yet in the, the outside pub.
1: Has it been so, disallowed? No. Well, no so no Ukraine, so days. the Ukraine have won basically. Yeah. That's good. They, That's better than Sweden. They in the last second. Good. Let yes. them have their moment. Amazing. We'll what a night. Draw them on Saturday. Sorry,
0: to, sorry to interrupt you, but you know we did, mm, we did promise.
1: Seems to be what you do. <laughs> I'm sure the comments I can't will.
0: believe you load it on your podcast and you've come on here and you're fucking lauding it on air. Well, right, maybe that's just a that fucking...
1: Well, let's get... Well, hang on, wait. This is what I want finish to say your, before we move your... on. No, no, I was actually getting One. to a, a bit where to tie in the school thing, right? To... Right, to yeah. I mean, is it John Cleese who said, like, comedy is saying authoritative things, saying silly things in an authoritative voice or saying authoritative things in a silly voice right essentially right so if you're saying all so you know saying a lot of monty python they they were public school they're speaking with proper british accents that were all over the news and politics but they're saying silly stuff so that seemed like wow that's fucking mad and the day-to-day for me that's what it was like you know, especially Chris Morris is pretty. You know, I mean, he's from Oxford and Cambridge, but like, no, he is.
0: He's officer class is is the way I've heard it described. He yeah, is, Peter Bainham, I think he is he said from that the top. Him. He is from the top. He is the top end. Yeah, really he went is. to
1: Bristol University and did zoology. And not that I'm stalking right. him, but um, I've met him a couple of times actually. But like, he basically the it was the news which obviously was authority and we accept this as the news right and it's before it this that was before 24 hour news it almost predicted the madness and the oh yeah hyperbole of news as it would become but yeah. he but all the voices of it it was like authority because it's the news saying silly things so it suddenly it felt like coming from a grammar school where the teachers had authority but sometimes did say funny things by accident and we'd snigger at them and you know like think it was just it was just like what I exactly what I liked about punk it was like anti-authority in a in a clever way so it like it felt like school again it felt like ah oh, this is like when we mimicked the teachers well there you, know, those... you go
0: exactly exactly it's absurd but it's also been naughty and it's like yeah it should be playful and all that and they don't you don't really find that
2: no, I don't feel like you get
0: that. Not on TV. You definitely. Look, if you go to Edinburgh and you go and watch a bunch of shows, you will find some fucking weird and mad shit. But the way the way people have become a bit professional, if you like, and the way that channels have become brands that are trying to like find a certain tone and whatever, they obviously still this good comedy still gets made definitely. But it isn't as mad as it was. Right. So like, I'll I'll do a name drop now. When when I did Krakenori, wrote mm. loads of Krakenoris, right? One the the one of, one of the best ones uh, as a fanboy was when Vic Reeves did one, right? Yeah. And basically, I had never met him. I'd I'd, I'd worked with uh, Pet Productions and met Bob Mortimer, and that was like or like already like an amazing pinch yourself things. So I did a bit of voiceover for Shooting Stars, and so like that was like amazing. But I'd never met Jim slash Vic. And then he came along and read one of my stories out. And I was allowed to go along um, on the days of the records. But it was sort of like, I didn't really need to be there. And the producer certainly didn't need me there or the director. It was like, come along because fair play, you've written the story. But sort of keep out of the way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but I'm dying to, I'm hoping there'll be a little moment where I can rub shoulders with Vic Reeves, while we're getting our sort of uh, roast potatoes, while we're queuing up for food or something, and go, oh yeah, I'm the, I'm the, uh, don't don't have to talk to me, but I'm the, uh, I'm the guy, you know, the words that are in, in your mouth today. That are, yeah, I'm the guy that did that or whatever. But it, it it wasn't easy to find a moment to sort of go over and not feel like a bit of a prick. But yeah. so anyway, so then a light broke, so then they were like, sorry guys, we're going to need about an hour to fix this technical problem. And I just thought, fuck you know like. I'm not just going to, like, stand there with my hands in my pockets, sort of looking at my shoes and ask him how how his comedy is and can I be your friend now, please? So I went and sat down, but he just wandered over and went, do you mind if I sit here? And I was like, yeah, of course, yeah, yeah. And he just was really lovely and started chatting away. And um, quite quickly, you know, I was just brave enough to start... Because we were talking about, oh, yeah, you know... uh, making telly now compared to then and uh how controlled it all is and how hard it is to get things away and he just really opened up and he was telling me that when they when they um they used to shoot big night out they basically did a a rehearsal like a a block through as we call it Mm. and then they'd all go to the pub and basically it'd be like they'd be literally having a few pints and then someone would come and be like, come on, guys, you need to get back. Like, you know, like the show's on. So it was almost like they were treating it almost like they were doing a gig, but they were up for, they were like half pissed. Yeah. And basically, what he, also what he said was, the producers and that would be like, right, what's going to happen? And so Vic and Bob would be like, right, well, we're going to, you know, we'll be sat here for this bit and then we'll do all whatever we do here. And then we'll go over there and then there'll be that bit. So they were just telling them where they were going to be. They weren't even telling them what they were going to say. So when you yeah. see Big Big Night Out, which for me, I can remember a few years later, I thought other Vic and Bob stuff aged better than than Big Night Out in terms of it was yeah. amazing at the time, but it was so mad that it sort of didn't really have anything to for you to grab onto when you watched it retrospectively. But the chaos and the anarchy... Was chaotic and anarchic because they 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 didn't really plan it and they were pissed. Yeah, <laughs> and it, and and it well, was like groundbreaking TV, thing, didn't it? So it was like, I guess that's it's how they did it in
1: pubs, and then they just kept that going. Yeah. They both yeah, like yeah, I mean that's it.
0: So so someone was brave enough to say, "Well, we love this night. This is amazing. How can we get this on TV?" And they've been brave enough to go, "Well, we need to not overproduce it and not fuck with it too much," and it obviously worked because it, it made them into those characters that are allowed to be naughty and that mm. was the best thing about watching them. But so that know, was just like a real, like, a real privilege having that chat.
1: With, yeah. Um, um, With Vic and Bob and the day-to-day, I think you used the word absurd, right? So like, in the day-to-day, the bit where they talk about, like, an infestation of horses on the London Underground, which I know from an interview Amazing. recently, I think it was, with Peter Bainham, that that was his idea. And he sort of pitched it, and they went, yeah, that's funny, whatever, get into it, right? Yeah. But the, the, the bits that you really, like, resonated with me and made me feel like, whoa, this is fucking something happening, was, like, when they said... um he was good, the some MP was going to go into the tunnels later, armed with a special gun. That bit, yeah. And then yeah. somebody else yeah. in the in that piece was like, he wants to kill the horses with hammers, and said yeah, it with I mean, a bit those... too much spite, right? Yeah, those things amazing. are just in in my head as like little. It's almost There's like if you were one. playing the guitar and you learn riffs of like BB King, and you know, like, mm. do you know what I mean? It's like the music of that stuff, but. Vic and Bob do that absurd there's so much stuff that was obviously really absurd and sort of like their thing was like shambolic homemade absurd not like Mm. shiny news absurd but it's still and Monty Python as well I think we were talking the other week about you know like in Holy Grail when that uh, the keeper of the chasm thing goes what is your favorite color. Yeah, and he it. goes blue no no yellow and gets his own thing yeah. right. the thought of yeah. that like crippled me as a kid that that was the funniest yeah. like it's just so funny what i yeah. miss in comedy these days because everything's so blended with drama and it's like oh yeah these people are telling their story and that's all good but like that's drama but like where's the i mean that stuff's always gone on do you know what i mean there's always there was always like bread where's, and where's that the nut- not where's Lane,
0: the like where's the nuttiness? It's like yeah. There's social commentary everywhere. But like where's the when it, when, where's the loonies? Matthew, take a breath, Matthew. When, where's when, the loonies? Um, oh god, I can't do this. <laughs> I've got Eric. I've got Eric next to me. I'm, I'm like gripping him. I'm so anxious. You're going
1: to put your thumb through a cat out of anger.
0: <laughs> but when when where's um, the loonies? The, oh, I can't cope. Please everyone. No, please. This is baptism. This is you know fire. what it's gonna turn into? My my Patreon's gonna become like a charity to to help save my mental health from from the Matthew. And seek it's gonna become like
2: health.
0: Seek mental health. That's please what you should call this show. Ex- p- p- the second tier of my of my pa- patronage, if whatever it's called. Will be why not contribute to my therapy <laughs> <laughs> by by pledging an extra two pounds a month. What am I the Oh my god, I can't do this. No, you're but literally like, not letting me speak. Go on, go on. No,
1: go the on. The point I was wanting to make, and then I'll bounce it over to you. And I know you're going to edit this to high heaven, and that's what you should do. But the Um, absurdity, the anti-authority, and the sort of camaraderie of comedy, right, are all, I reckon, the sort of uh, linchpins or the pillars of what we do. So your original question to me was about how our particular, our personal relationship is, is bonded using comedy, right? And so when we were in that room doing that, uh, you know, clip show thing, we were there was camaraderie, there was absurdity because the actual job was absurd. But like our jokes, we were put, trying to push a more sort of like weirder absurd but also, joke.
0: But um, also, there's a bond. There's a bond over. Uh, we we both realise that each of us has got this sort of like malaise apathy thing going on. So you quite quickly realise. All there's good stuff to be had with both of us being Yeah. Misery misery asses. Why doesn't why like why don't we do a comedy
1: Because like the day-to-day Monty Python, Vic and Bob, I I out of those things, I would say day-to-day stroke Monty Python, where you sort of like take the voice of authority, undermine it, but it's not a sitcom. It's like you know, essentially, the day-to-day is a sketch show, I suppose, or a parody news show whatever. Yeah, it's, show, no, it's whatever. a sketch show. Yeah, but it's a sketch show with the best,
0: Well, I have know, recently, linking. I have told you this, but I've recently done a pilot of a spoof Netflix-style documentary type thing. Oh, yeah. Meaning, Intending for it to be an anthology of spoof documentaries, but if if anything happens with that, I mean, lovely to be involved. Yeah, but that'd be good. Obviously, that's just sort of a work talk. But what I was gonna say earlier before you shut me up about six times was um Where's the Nutters? Where's the loonies? <laughs> Where's the loonies? Where's the loonies? Was um when Vic and Yeah, Vic and Bob and The Day day and all them, they used to have these moments a- a- along the lines of what you said about kill the horses with hammers. Um there was another one where there was a moment where it was like Prince Philip or someone and it was just sort of like he was just bending down, sort of like saying, "Oh, well done" to some children. Hmm. And the the thing over over the voiceover was about is that he's going to have them released into the woods and shot. Yeah. Or, or 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 um, you know, um, police have said that anyone breaking the law will be shot in the chin. Yeah. And, and also, like Vic and Bob had a had a thing when they did Mulligan and O'Hare, which was already funny, and they had like basically my boob my boobs like a Mulligan and O'Hare boob, isn't it? Oh, love it. Right. So um that was all, already genre. funny and silly and avant-garde, but then there'd be the a moment where, apart from him just doing the silly song, it'd end on "It's over there by the beef burgers." Yeah, and so what that was was like, it was like some putting the wrong sound in, in a in a bit of music and going, yeah. "Oh, you know, we're doing this thing. Everyone's getting used to this thing. We're being like Foster and Allen, or like some sort of Irish sort of like folk duo, but we'll also." we just want to surprise you so we'll say this mad little thing and that's the thing about it feels like that is missing a little bit where
1: well i think if now so, something gets
0: written now it's like that's the tone this is what it does yeah. this is what it doesn't do and you and you and you define the rules of the universe to the point where Actually, you're not leaving room for it to just go, oh, and then we'll we'll have a crazy bit that just does this for no reason. And that's what the the Young Ones Onwards and Punk all had.
1: Yeah, and don't you feel like now, I I mean, as much as, you know, and I do love The Office and stuff like that, but I feel like now, because Vic and Bob were just making each other laugh and people trusted them, right? And the day-to-day... well, especially when he did Brass Eye, it was like people were like, oh, God, you know, this is fucking crazy. But they trusted them and they got on with it. And I suppose that's easier to get than Vic and Bob, which is a lot more trust because you just go, these two are making each other laugh. It was
0: all trust, all the way back, right to Monty Python. But now it it feels like... you're You're the funny people, just like keep making us laugh and people like you, so like crack on.
1: Yeah, but now I feel like the executives who have got you know okay the money for this sort of stuff would be like and you know we've had those meetings where they're like yeah but i don't what but is this saying and what why and you know all that so like i think the day-to-day he could argue um at that time if that voice was you know rose up just to say well, we're, we're making the point that the news is overly hyperbolic and whatever, you know, like, it's it's sensationalist news and it's a bit daft and whatever. Like, oh, that yeah. would be enough, probably. But, like, if you did that now, they'd be like, well, we need to be, you know, it needs to attack sort of Trumpy politics and we need to do that And it would be like, suddenly it would be political comedy and it's just like, oh, this well, is boring.
0: I, I already know, from and I am enjoying it, but from working on, spit an image in this day and age yeah. there are definitely there are areas that you'll go we won't, it's not even the show's fault it's like the climate and the, and the existence of social media means you won't go to a particularly edgy place uh, you can go you can go. You can still go really silly and you can still take the piss and you can still write good jokes so there's no excuse for things not to be funny but the thing is you can't you can't be weird for no reason and you can't be Mm. you sort of can't be risky at the moment and it's a bit of a weird thing especially when you're doing satire to go oh we'd all love to say that but we'd probably end up getting so much shit that it's not worth it so we'll go with another angle and we'll try and make that funny you go well that's letting people off the hook a bit yeah you know like but anyway um The other thing is, agreeing with what you're saying, is that what happens is things get over-defined and everyone sort of, like, tries to work out exactly as if you're releasing, like, a new fucking mayonnaise that needs to taste exactly right so that it's not exactly the same as Hellman's but it's slightly better than Heinz and this is our take on mayonnaise. It's just, like, just fucking relax and let people be funny and just don't over-define it and let it sort of find itself... You know, mm. that's that's something that seems to have gone. But then saying that it's impossible to when like we we do what we do. And we've been doing it a while. I always love talking about the genesis of me loving comedy. It reminds me how much I actually love it. But actually now, all right, I will watch the odd thing, but I don't really have that same obsessive relationship with it that I had then. Yeah, me too. And now, and it's weird because now I actually It's what I do. So like, that's great, but nothing will ever replace falling in love with those things. And it doesn't mean that that's the only stuff that's funny. But I can't get excited even with stuff that's really good. People, have you seen that? Have you seen that new show? You know, there's been all sorts in the last few years. Baskets is a is a good example because that people were like going mad for that. And also the other one was. What's the one with the two girls walking around New York, and they were they were really funny? Uh, Broad City. Broad City was good. So like yeah. now and again, something comes out which is oh, this is sort of the punk one now. And you go oh great, oh, I'll watch that then because it's apparently it's really different, and I'll 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 get it and I'll laugh and I'll think it's great, but but it's that thing of like you'll never be sixteen again, so mm. when it comes down to it, the love still comes from for me back then. It still comes from a period in between the young ones and then right up to big train and the league. But do you think, right? With broad
1: city, I did. I loved broad city, but then, you know, like an American thing. It's like after four seasons or whatever it was of like, okay, I get this now, but that's comparable to Vic and Bob in the sense that they were two friends with the same sense of humor, just like pushing it. And it was quite surreal and absurd in places, but what I miss, and I'm trying to work out, is it just because I'm now... It's like me saying, oh, I miss, um, you know, grunge. It's like, am I just a man out of time? But, like, the thing I love about Peter Cook, especially his interview with Chris Morris, which is that why bother thing, which is amazing. But Peter yeah. Cook, Monty Python, Chris Morris... um, I mean, that, I can't think of anything else that's exactly like that. But, like, they are all, like you know, white English public schoolboy types, right? Who mm. are doing the yeah, sort. It's the old, sort of, old guy, go- it's almost like they've they've got the voice of the elite and they're mocking the elite. And but what it is, what I like about it, it's like wordplay and joyful, sort of intelligent I don't know, it's like they're just enjoying the, the absurdity of words and authority, right? Mm-hmm. And now I do think they'd be noted to death about why, but why? but what are you saying with this? because we've comedy's got so muddled up with
0: messaging. Yeah, but like I mean, yeah, I mean, look we've we've all been talking about it in in our game for a while. There's obviously some really fucking good producers around, but produce the the pro- the producer job has actually sort of taken over as the most important bit, shaping yeah, the, the stuff. And uh, that's just the way telly's gone. But but then that's why I think it's great that comedy now grows outwards from telly and goes, right, well, we don't want to be told what to do. So that's why you have podcasts and that's why you have, you know, fucking Patreons and OnlyFans and uh, Twitch and whatever else, because no one's telling anyone what to do. And that's that has to be where proper creativity is allowed to flourish. We've gone all mm. serious here, but, you know, there you go. That's uh...
1: No, it's, it's good, though. It's, I mean, it's like a thing, because the one of the most enjoyable podcasts I've done in these recent run of podcasts was when me and Terry Minot, and we just improvised, he was... Ronnie Corbett and Michael Caine and I interviewed him and we did minimal preparation and it had the vibe of a sort of Derek and Clive thing because we were just winging it and because he's mm-hmm. so good and just sounds like Michael Caine or Ronnie Corbett and he's fucking quick on his feet thinking it it was really fun you're and stupid. silly
0: you, okay you're saying I'm stupid
1: no I'm not comparing you at all yeah. but but you are stupid no, he. I am saying he's he can be in the he can be in a voice and mess about, right? And my, I had the easier job because I was just the interviewer, just being me basically. But he's still got to sort of keep up and think and try and build sort of little wobbly bridges of comedy before yeah, they collapse fun. and stuff. It's fun, and it's like what I think a lot of stuff doesn't do is just that sort of fucking about yeah. with your mates stuff.
0: Not only that, fucking about with your mates, but just trying out your Chops, if you like, like David Reed does it well. He's got a good podcast where he will pretend—I forget the name of it, so forgive me, David. I will try and remember and put it in. Anyway, so yeah, Dave, David Reed has this podcast where he gets people on, and he has written a pretend history of you, right? For example, right? Right. He would say, uh, Matt Morgan, so. You were in like a German techno band, weren't you? in In the late eighties, what was that all about? And he'll he'll set something up for you that you've then got to play along. Mm. And it's really, you know, like he gets people on who are good at improv and who are good character people, and it's fucking great, you know, like because it's nice. It's just good. What it's you want to watch people's brains working a bit, you know what I mean? Yeah. And um, and
1: everyone would even like you know Phoebe Waller-Bridge right how many interviews yeah. she must have done where people go where did the idea of Fleabag do you feel like women in comedy blah, blah, blah. all those questions yeah, yeah. that she's just done if i reckon she'd fucking cuz she's obviously brilliant comedically right and yeah, she's really just sharp, completely actually. smart so like if someone was like yeah you were in a german techno band in the 80s what was all that about she'd give you a great answer and i reckon you'd for, probably sort of learn more about her than you would from all the millions of you know repeated questions about women in comedy yeah. and blah, blah 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 you to
0: see you want you want to see what people's mischief is and what they where yeah. they reach where they reach you know because you're actually watching someone write when you watch someone dick around you yeah. are you're watching you're watching their writer brain even if they're not a writer you're watching them make a decision and in a way Matthew you're watching their gsoh, G-S-O-H. H- H H H
1: H H H H H H H H H H H H H H H H H H H H H H
0: H H H Matthew. Thank you. Well, that was part one of episode one or was it? Part one of episode one, and then the next episode is episode two. Of course, it is. What am I saying? So anyway, I want to share with you the second half of that conversation. Uh, it's a, almost a bit of a cliffhanger. I mean, we we ended on all right terms there, but as you can see, there's a little bit of tension in there with Matthew acting like he's my father, um, and that I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, maybe I don't. But what I'd like, lo- what uh, making a serious point here is. As these episodes come out, the whole point of them being on Patreon is... What's been wonderful is seeing you guys help mould Matt's show. And I would love you to do the same. So I am taking seriously Matthew telling me off and telling me what he thinks might work and not work. And I'm just going to be a bit playful with it and just dick around and whatever. But I would also like you to, uh, you know... Point me in the right direction, or point—you know—I can get a gauge of uh, what people think of it when you uh, have dialogue with me in the comments. Yeah, I kind of um make want to make a point over over the episodes, especially when it's me and Matthew. I I want to be good at this, so I I want to know whether I'm interrupting too much, or whether I have a point that Matthew. Talks like a jumbo jet with a dead pilot in it that's just a ghost plane <laughs> flying around the world, and now and again you have to jump in and go, Hey, yeah, because that's because, like you do in a conversation, or am I being really a crap host, or is he being a crap host and he wasn't even a host on this episode, but he we we kept butting heads on that issue. hey, guys, I'm all up for feedback and also Matt Morgan smashing the other thing I want to say is that part two of that conversation is good fun. Nanny and nanny get a bit vinegary with each other, which is very funny, but also we do this is this is something where i want I do want your help actually, because I basically ended up telling a story, and it's very funny. It's very funny, but it's also very naughty. And one thing that has been happening since I've appeared on Matt's podcast is that over on my Instagram account, I will get some of you lovely people who are now my mates on there dropping a little reference, a little seek mental health or child's game bomb in in my other social media. I only really go on um Instagram, but yeah, and I like it, I do like it, but the pro the, but then there's a problem in here in the in the sort of secret world of patreon, I would like to be able to tell stories that maybe don't end up on my Instagram feed so that well what I'm saying is I've told a story that's got some family members in it, and I can't let you hear that story unless I I'm confident that you promise not to reference it in the way that you will want to reference it when you hear the story. Um, there's, There's naughty terminology in it, specifically the term baby spunk, which sounds much worse than it is because there isn't any real... Obviously, there can't be any baby spunk in it because there's no such thing. But yeah, uh, <laughs> a story that goes in that kind of direction and is a lot of fun. I really want you to hear it, but I'm—I already said to Matthew, I, I can't—I can't put that in. But he's like, yes, you can, and you lot are going to be like, yes, you can. But you've got to believe me that it has to stay. In our secret little club of GSOH. Let me know what you think of that. Okay, that leaves time just before we end, as I will every episode, just I'll end on a child's game update. Now, child's game, if you don't know what that is, is a reference to something that happened in a uh, Matt Morgan episode. I think it might be my third one i don't know i'll 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 be more professional and figure that out but what happened is i told a story of where i live the local village facebook page which regularly features photos of odd random little weird objects that people round here offer to each other on a facebook group which is very sweet actually but the nature of the things that get left never ceases to amuse or amaze or inspire me, especially because it's usually just kind of useless sort of crap that's hanging around and it's lovely. So I should always keep you guys up to date. Oh yeah, and the reference to Child's Game was that there was an old lady who left Mm -hmm. a little Tupperware box of bits of metal outside her house with a message that said, "Um, if anybody would like to use these bits of metal before I throw them out for Well, I don't know. A child's game? I don't know. Child's game? You might want some scrap metal. And everyone thought it was funny, and now everyone says, child's game, on my Instagram all the time. So, let's just check what we've got this week in the Village Facebook child's game section. We have got a selection of overly large plant pots outside um insert address 41 road please help yourself or they go into the tip tomorrow and it's just a photo of a load of dirty gray plant buckets that you know could be used for i don't know a child's game something anyway uh, there's also um coming in in second place a stand-up lamp which is just like a bit of metal on a stick sticking upwards. no <laughs> I'll just read it out. Stand-up lamp just needs a bulb, and a lampshade. It might be useful. I don't know for a uh, challenge game. <laughs> or there's a few bits of um, not great-looking jewellery just on someone's carpet. Oh, I've got a few bits of jewellery I'm clearing out, all in pretty good knock. Comma. I just don't wear them anymore! Exclamation mark! Anyone interested? You might use them. I don't know what for. A child's game! G-S-O-H Good sense of humour! And that is the end of episode one. Thanks for listening, guys. I love yous. Bye! Remember, if you love the show in a deep and probably unhealthy way, you can help support it on an ongoing and stalky basis on Patreon.com forward slash Stupid Hearts Club. Uh, your choice. See you soon, you internet weirdos. I'm I'm one.